You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Times are tough and your day has gone adrift. You can always press play on Buzz Broadway. Buzz Broadway. So just press play today. It's Buzz Broadway. It's Broad Broadway. We are off to a good start, folks. Broadway. Oh my god, can you imagine? Starting I, out. I don't have to imagine. I've seen it. <laughs> I know what it looks like. I think we should now only refer to that episode as the lost episode. In my garage band files, it's called Bad Hamilton. So, <laughs> so this is the week before Halloween. Mm-hmm. So we are in full spoopy season. Full spook. I'm drinking pumpkin beer. It's pump it's it's pumpkin season. Sick. I'm drinking wine. Wine season. It's always wine season. <laughs> it's never not. It's never not wine season. You're right. You're right. How have you been this week? Um, fine. Things are low key. Work You're is slow. To us after the fact, Trump has COVID. Trump has COVID. What do you think it's going to be like three weeks from now? I don't know. When this episode comes out, what is it going to be like? Today is the day. The day we recorded this episode is the day that we all found out Trump had COVID. Wow, that's going to be such a weird glimpse in the future. I know, right? Three weeks from now, what's it going to be like? What? Is- what show are we How was talking week? about tonight? Oh, my week? Let's yeah, let's talk about that first. My week is good. I have been working. I got a little promotion, making a little more money at work. Nice. Uh, you know, just slinging pies day in, day out. How appropriate that you're slinging pies. Isn't it, though? Because today Isn't we're talking though? about Mrs. Lovett and Mrs. Mooney's pie shop. Mrs. Mooney is the unsung hero of Sweeney Todd, the demon barber <laughs> of Fleet Street. I think if you were ever in the show, when we get to casting goals, I think you'd make a great Mrs. Mooney. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Just not yeah, in the show at all. Yeah, thank you so much. You know? Thank you That's so much. That's really where you, you would, You would be a good assistant stage manager. Thank you very much. I have the headset to match. Are you ready for tonight's drinking rules? I'm a little scared, only because you've amped them up more so than you normally do, so I am a little nervous, but... I kind of took your direction of being more creative and creating questions for it. So if you don't know this about me, fam, I am a true crime junkie. I love, love, love it. I am currently reading Mindhunters. 
Mindhunter. Mindhunter is watching Criminal Minds and listening to the podcast My Favorite Murder Always. Like, Have it's you just... watched Mindhunter starring Jonathan Groff? No, because I'm finishing this book. Mm. That Netflix show is based on the book I'm reading. When you finish um, the book and then you start watching the series, let me know when you start watching the series and I'll watch the okay. series with you. But I won't read the book. I'm like 15 pages away from the end. Great. We'll watch it soon. So Maybe we'll have soon. a separate podcast where we talk about Mindhunter. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways. So I wanted to gear, since it's Halloween season and we're talking about the serial killer of Broadway musicals, I thought tonight I would ask you questions on fictional serial oh, killers. Oh, God. Okay. So we're going to play two truths and a lie. No. Of different serial killers, and you got to tell me what the lie is. All right. In addition. In addition? To, yeah. Yeah. We gotta have other drinking rules too. <laughs> okay. It's not just this. In addition to our typical, anytime someone sings, okay. you just sip. I think that's just an appropriate one overall. I think it's a yeah, it's a just standard rule now. Yeah, and anytime either of us talk about shaving in some manner, so that's oh, Lord. If we say okay. barber, trim, beard. I don't know. Cut. Razor. Great. Like other barber things, he, yeah. Sweeping. So, what do you say we start this off with a saw or a question? Right before you get to your question, Amanda, I want to talk to our listeners real quick about fact checking. <laughs> As we know, there is so much inaccurate media that is presented in today's world. Especially with a fascist leader like Donald Trump at the helm of our nation. I want to take a quick moment to say that Buzz Broadway, at any given moment, could be lying. Our season premiere came out today. If you're listening to this four weeks from now. Our season premiere came out today and we discovered that it was riddled with inaccuracies. So if In you would like defense. to... We're drunk. That is the biggest thing I want to say to you all. We are drunk. Give us We're doing a, our fucking best. Give us best. a break, okay? We're doing our best. <laughs> that being said, if you do want to fact check us... Let us know. Let us know. If you want to be our live fact checker, we can't pay you. But good luck. But if you want to join us every Friday night and get hammered... More power just to Just to fact check us. More power I, to One you. of us, I think, is technically supposed to be doing that, like moderating. You're probably right, but we can't be bothered. We cannot be bothered. We are podcast. I think that was a good now. point to make, Sam. I'm glad Thank you said Thank you. That. I just wanted to touch on it really briefly. You know, there's been so much speculation, innuendo, outuendo. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to start with Norman Bates, a very infamous fictional serial killer okay. from like Psycho and Bates Motel. And the reason we're going to start with this is because Sondheim based Sweeney Todd music on Bernard Herman's music for Psycho. Fascinating, right? Very appropriate. All right, Sam, two truths and a lie. You got to tell me what the lie is. Norman Bates. He is based on real-life murderer Ed Gain. He was created by Alfred Hitchcock. He became, quotations, mother after he was sent to an institution. Uh, I don't think he's based off of Ed Gaines. I think there's another serial killer that's based off of Ed Gaines. So I'm going to go with that one. Oh, Take a I could sip. tell by your mouth shape. I could tell by your mouth shape that I was wrong. He was not created by Alfred Hitchcock. He was created by novelist Robert Bloke from oh, the 1959 novel. It was, a, psycho. It was novel. a novel, wasn't it? Psycho. Oh, you're right. Did you take a big sip? I did. I took a big one. 
All right, now that you took a sip, are you ready for a shot? Uh, I don't really have another option, do I? <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's, I'm just uncorking my Four Roses bourbon. Four Roses, if you're listening to Buzz Broadway, we are always down for an ASMR sponsor. Also, anytime you say, if you're listening, you have to take a shot. Uh, not a shot. No, thank you. <laughs> All right, here we go. A sip. Three, maybe. two, one. An infamous tale, Sweeney Todd, an unjustly exiled barber, returns to 19th century London, seeking vengeance against the lecherous judge who framed him and ravaged his young wife. The road to revenge leads Todd to Mrs. Lovett, a resourceful proprietress of a failing pie shop, above which he opens a new barber practice. Mrs. Lovett's luck sharply shifts when Todd's thirst for blood inspires the integration of an ingredient into her meat pies that has the people of London lining up. Mm. Attend the dark, witty tale of love, murder, and revenge set against the backdrop of 19th century London. Sweeney Todd has become a bloody worldwide success. Stephen Sondheim and Hugh Wheeler's tasty, thrilling theatrical treat has simultaneously shocked and awed audiences across the world. I'm surprised you didn't mention that it was based off the book by Christopher Bond. Miss, I'm getting there. Please don't rush me. How are you? Oh, are you, oh you're going to talk about how the show was created. Miss, please don't come for me. Okay. So I'm going to be really <laughs> honest with you. Okay. I did little to no research on Sondheim because we know who he is. We've talked about him before as well. We have. We've never talked about Hugh Wheeler. We have podcast. Let's no. unpack it. All right. This I mean, is our, Sondheim. Wait, is this our third Sondheim episode? Technically. Or is it our fourth? Because Gypsy. Technically, technically fourth. Yeah. But like more like three and a half. Yeah. Okay. We talk about him a lot because he's. Tell me about, tell me about our, our good boy, Hugh. Okay, so Hugh was born 1912 in England. He moved to the United States after college, and he wrote mysteries under the pseudonyms Patrick Quentin and Q. He wrote his first play, Big Fish, Little Fish. Don't ask me anything about it. Uh, premiered in 1961. His big first success was A Little Night Music with Stephen Sondheim. The second big success he had was actually with Leonard Bernstein, and he wrote Candide, another one of my faves. Wow, so, so good. Christian Chenoweth. Got a second Tony for that. His third Tony Award was Sweeney Todd. And how rightfully deserved. Yes. And he died in Massachusetts in 1987. He's no longer with us. It was the shot hurled around the world. No. I'm just really laying on thick the, like, fact-checking, the, like, anti-fact-checking. I'm just going to start saying things out of the blue, just waiting for someone to be like, um, are you okay? Uh, No, we know you're not okay. Do we want to get into the development of the show, or do you have another question for me first? I was going to ask you one right before. So nervous. Here we go. I should put it in some little music, like, da-da-da-da-da-da. That's Mario. Uh, Yep. Copyrighted. Can't do that. Our next fictional serial killer is... Hannibal Lecter. Okay. From Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Do you like this movie? I love Love Silence of the Lambs. Also love Silence of the Lambs. Can't wait. So, I could talk about it for a long time. Okay. Two Truths and a Lie. 
Hannibal Lecter was first introduced in the novel Silence of the Lambs in 1988. In 1944, he witnessed the murder and cannibalism of his sister. He used to sit on the Baltimore Philharmonic Orchestra's board of directors. Was it the murder and the cannibalism of his, like, his mother or something? I'm going to say number two is the lie. In 1944, he witnessed the murder and cannibalism of his sister. The movie came out in the 80s. Yeah, I'm going to say that's false. He's not a real person. You know that, right? Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to put the math together. But the movie came out in oh, the okay, 80s. Okay. It's supposed yep. to be the 80s when the movie takes place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that one's false. Number two. Eh. Come on. He first appeared in the novel Red Dragon oh. in 1981. Take that, a big old that, sip for is me. Is that the name of the book? Yeah. That's in the sequel the was the sequel was Science of the Lambs. He has like a book that's his origin story, right? Yeah. He made that movie too, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, I'm sad. Okay, well. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about how Sweeney Todd came, how Sweeney Todd the musical, as we know it today, came to be. Okay, The character of Sweeney Todd, he dates back to the mid-19th century in England. So there were these stories called Penny Dreadfuls, which were these, you could buy them for a penny. It was these like little pocket stories that you could read in like, you know, a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that were these kind of dark, twisted tales, and they cost a penny. That's why they were called Penny Dreadfuls. And the Sweeney Todd first appeared in a novel called A String of... A novel. A Penny Dreadful called A String of Pearls. And ever since the mid-19th century, the character of Sweeney Todd became incredibly popular because of that really, really well-written Penny Dreadful. And there have been plays, there have been other stories written about Sweeney Todd, and... In 1970, in the 1970s, Christopher Bond created a melodrama about Mm. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Bleet Street, and Sondheim found it. Thank you. Sorry. We didn't do it at all during the premise, so... We didn't. Sondheim found the Christopher Bond melodrama and decided that it would make a great musical. He thought that the way that he wrote music could really heighten the drama and, and horror of the story. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sondheim realized that this was going to make a really great musical, and he reached out to Hal Prince to direct the show. His Hal buddy. was buddies, right? Hal was yeah. actually reluctant to direct this show. He didn't think he was going to be right for the for the the style of the show that Sondheim wanted. Of course, we now know that Hal like made the production what it is today, so that seems silly. Mm-hmm. Sondheim and Hal Prince were discussing who they thought would be best to helm the production and they reached out to Angela Lansbury and Len Carew to play the leads Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd otherwise known as Benjamin Barker Angela Lansbury was at first apprehensive because Mm. Sondheim reached out to her first and she said well the show is not called Nellie Lovett it's called Sweeney Todd shut up not because she wanted to be the leading lady, but because Sondheim and Hal Prince were so emphatic about casting her, she didn't want, she said, if you're going to cast someone, you should cast someone that maybe doesn't have such a big name as me because I don't want the show to come off like I'm going to outshine oh. the actor who plays Sweeney Todd. She is like an amazingly gracious woman and I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. We'll talk about her later. So as we know from seeing the, because the original Broadway production was filmed, we know mm-hmm. that the production was absolutely massive. Giant theat- traditional theatrical backdrops, giant set pieces, a massive cast. Hal Prince essentially became like a scenic choreographer because the weight of the technical aspects of the production were so great. 
Yeah. And how Prince credits the creation of the character of Mrs. Lovett and the creation of the character Sweeney Todd completely to Angela Lansbury and Len Carew because he was not able to direct them as much as he traditionally would for a smaller show. So he really puts the credit of these two characters in the hands of those performers, which I think is pretty amazing, especially if you've watched clips from the original production where, again, we'll talk about it later, but the two of them are so incredibly talented. Of course, in yeah. the in the film production, we see George Hearn and not Len Carew, but Angela Lansbury's performance really? is so amazing. So finally, the Broadway production opens on March 1st, 1979. It plays 19 previews and 557 performance- performances, and finally closes on June 29th of 1980. The original Broadway production won eight Tony Awards at the 33rd Annual Tony Awards, including Best Musical, Best Original Score and Book, Best Leading Actor and Actress for Lansbury and Carew, Best Direction for Hal Prince, and Best Scenic Design and Costume Design. I agree. I wasn't there, but I agree. Amanda, are you ready for me to (laughs) very drunkenly tell you about the plot of Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street drink? Good. Oh. All I have to say is good luck. Let's go. The show opens <laughs> on a stage filled with bodies, and the bodies oh, say, Attend the tale. Pay attention to what we're about we're to tell you. Sweeney Todd, listen to his story. The show begins. <laughs> A man named Sweeney Todd arrives to 19th century London with this little boy named Antony. Antony's a British sailor. Sweeney Todd was spotted tossing and turning among a raft in the middle of the ocean. Antony picked him up. No. Oh, you just know all this? Yeah. Antony brought him back to London on a government ship. And Sweeney Todd's like, ah, we're back in London. (laughs) I hate it here. And Antony's like, okay, why? And Sweeney's like, well, something bad happened. And Antony's like, tell me more. Sweeney Todd's like, well, there's a barber, right? And he's cutting hair. He's minding his business. He's got his wife and his daughter. Wife's name's Lucy. Daughter's name's Joanna. One day, Judge shows up out of nowhere. Judge is like, I'm going to take your the daughter and your wife. And Sweeney Todd's like, no way, dude. No way. And the judge is like, I'm doing it anyway. Sweeney Todd gets arrested. The wife gets taken. The daughter gets taken. The wife is so overcome with emotion that she poisons herself with arsenic. Right? Dark. I know. He, he doesn't know that yet. Amanda, let me... Let, okay, this is my turn to do the plot, okay? <laughs> you told me to help you. And you are helping me, but not like that. Okay. So he's like, this really awful thing happened here, and that's why I hit London. And Antony's like, all right, well, have a good day. I'll see you later. <laughs> and Sweeney Todd stumbles into this pie shop, run by the one and only Nellie Lovett. And she's like, my pies suck. <laughs> they're just not good. And I'm so sorry you have to eat one, but they're just bad. You know, because times are hard. It's hard to find meat right now. And Sweeney Todd's like, well, why is it hard to find me? You know, if times are hard, why don't you just rent out that vacant shop, wink, wink, 
he knows that it's vacant because it used to be his his barber shop. And she's like, oh, you mean upstairs? No one will go near it. You know why? Because why? something bad happened up there. There was a barber and he had a wife and a daughter. And Sweeney's like, oh, so you know what happened. And then Sweeney Todd's like, would no one have mercy on the wife? That's my <laughs> wife. And she's like, oh, it's you. You're the barber. And he's like, yes, my name was Benjamin Barker. But flashbang boom, now it's Sweeney Todd. She's like, that's a weird fucking name, dude. It's a weird name. And she's like, well, wait a minute. When you got arrested, falsely, I I ran upstairs and stole all of your stuff. And I've got it here. So you good news, you don't have to squat in my pie shop for the next three months. You can be a barber. You can barb, as they say. And he's like, great. I'm going to be a barber. Give me my razors. All right. Was he a barber before? Yes. Okay. <laughs> there was a barber and his wife and she was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Who's the drunk one here? Who is the drunk one? Here? You. <laughs> All right. Hard cut. We see a girl. She's blonde. She's got curly hair. She's like a maiden in a tower. She's like, why am I not a bird? Make, make me a bird. And there's a boy, and he sees her on the street. She's in a window. He's on the street. He's like, Oi! I'm on the street, missus! And she's like, You're just a plain boy. And he's like, Miss, you're beautiful. And one day, I'm gonna steal you. Literally! I'm gonna abduct you from your house, because I think you're so beautiful. Alright? But you can't wait. Cut. Hard cut. Next up. We see Mrs. Lovett. We see Sweeney Todd. They're going off to market like a couple of little piggies. They meet a man. His name is what? Pirelli. He's what? A barber. Pirelli has a little, no. Pirelli has a little assistant named Toby. And Toby runs around with a little silly wig on being like, Cut me, cut me hair, sir. <laughs> please, please, please cut me hair. And Sweeney Todd's like, you're a shit barber, dude. You're a shit barber. And everyone in the crowd's like, is he a shit barber? And Sweeney Todd's like, yeah, he's a shit barber. And Pirelli's like, okay, well, if I'm shit, why don't you battle me? Why don't you duel me in this in this common square of our, of the city of London? Sweeney Todd's like, all right, I'll battle you. Sweeney beats his ass in barbing. <laughs> barbing? <laughs> and Pirelli's like, all right, well, I'll, if, you, if, you think, if you still think you're hot shit, I'll meet you outside your pie shop, you know, where you're a silly little barber. Sweeney and Miss Lovett, they go back to the pie shop. And Sweeney's like, I want to kill the judge because the judge took my wife and my daughter. I know he did. I want to take him. Miss Lovett's like, just wait. You'll get to it. The show has a lot of common themes with Hamilton. Revenge, waiting. <laughs> That's it. Those two. Duels. Duels. Barb duels. Barbing duels. <laughs> All right. So next up. Close up on the judge. He's got a solo spotlight around him. He's like Liza Minnelli at the palace. Oh, geez. Here we go. The ju- ju- judge is like, Joanna, you give me a big boner. <laughs> He's like, Joanna? Bone City. Sign me up. <laughs> all right. That's all that happens in that scene. Next. Who is Joanna to him? Oh, sorry. Thank you for telling me. So when Joanna was taken away from Sweeney Todd, she was abducted by the judge, who was also in love with uh, Lucy. But Lucy, of course, as we know, poisoned herself and died. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm -hmm. 
in order to supplement his desire for Lucy, the judge became obsessed with Lucy's daughter, Joanna, and adopted her as his ward, which technically means daughter, but also kind of means spouse. There's a lot of like, um, well, there we go. There's a lot of like Utah vibes that we get from no the judge. No wonder he's so confused. And Sweeney There's a lot of Utah vibes that we get from the judge and Joanna. A lot of like, how do you, you know, anyway. So guess what happens next? While the judge is pulling the page about Joanna, <laughs> while he's, while he's jerking the chicken. <laughs> sorry, choke, choking the chicken, not not choking the chicken. <laughs> While he's jerking off. <laughs> sure. Antony climbs through the window of Joanna's room and he's like, yo, kiss me, okay? And she's like, sir, I do not know you. <laughs> I cannot kiss you. And the beetle, who is the judge's like little right-hand man. Oh, another parallel. <laughs> Get out. The beetle's like, okay. I know why Joanna doesn't want you. It's not because you're raping her on a daily basis. It's not because you molest her. It's not because you abducted her. She doesn't like you because you're ugly, dude. Go to the barber. Get a little haircut. Put on a little uh, dove for men. And Joanna will like you. (laughs) And the judge is like, you're fucking right. You're right. But then guess what? What? The judge goes to Sweeney Todd's barber shop. And the barber, Sweeney Todd, is like, oh, fuck, it's Did you. We, we skipped Pirelli's death. <laughs> so while the judge is on his way to Sweeney Todd's barber shop, guess who shows up? Pirelli. His assistant, Toby. And Pirelli's like, Adotte la morte. I am Italian. I wanted to know the barber tricks. And Mrs. Lovett's like, Oi, oi, little boy, come down to my pie shop. I'll give you the pies. And Toby's like, okay. <laughs> so Sweeney Todd is like, okay, what's this Italian fool, boppity boopy, doing in my barber shop? And Pirelli is like, guess what, bitch? I'm not Italian. I'm Irish. My name's <laughs> Danny. And I was your apprentice like 10 years ago and you were bad. You were mean to me and I'm mad at you. And Sweeney Todd's like, fuck no, absolutely not. You're not going to hit. You're not going to kill me with my own barber water. You're going to die. And Sweeney Todd murders him. Dead ass. Dead ass. Sweeney Todd murders this Irish man. I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit racist, but anyway, what? anyway, the minute that Pirelli's dead, Miss Lovett's like, did you just fucking kill someone? And Sweeney Todd's like, uh, accidentally, yeah. Guess what? Timing is perfect. The judge shows up. He's like, give me a haircut, dude. And Sweeney Todd's like, you poisoned my wife, essentially, and are now taking ownership of my daughter as your wife, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Antony, who's in love with Joanna, as we know, rushes in and he's like, I'm going to take Joanna. Guess what, Benjamin? Guess what, Sweeney Todd? I'm back. I found your barbershop. I found a girl that I'm in love with. Her name's Joanna. She's got blonde hair. 
the judge is like, wait a minute, you're in love with a girl named Joanna who has blonde hair? I abducted someone whose name is Joanna and she has blonde <laughs> hair. You can't marry her. I abducted her. Get the hell out of here, boy. And Sweeney Todd is pissed. He is high key pissed. He's like, Anthony, you ruined everything. I was going to kill the judge and you ruined it. He's like, the world is shit. I don't want anything. I'm mad. And Miss Lovett's like, okay, daddy, chill. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Lovett's like, daddy, chill. What are we going to do about the Italian guy you got in your trunk? And he's like, oh, we'll just bury him. And Mrs. Lovett's like, yeah, I guess we could do that. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> I've got the perfect idea. Let's bake him into a pie. And Sweeney Todd's like, uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess we could do that. <laughs> guess what? Massive success. Massive success. <clears throat> Everyone's like, Mrs. Lovett, your pies have never tasted better. And Mrs. Lovett's like, just portion control and exercise. <laughs> right. That that's what she sense. says. So basically they have this whole system worked out where Sweeney Todd will kill someone and immediately send them catapulting down to Mrs. Lovett's pie shop. All right. So then next we cut to Toby and Toby, no, sorry, not Toby, Anthony. Anthony's like, I miss Joanna. And Sweeney Todd's like, that's so weird. I miss Joanna too. And Mrs. Lovett is like, I don't know no damn Joanna. And the beggar woman is like, uh, Joanna sounds a little familiar to me. And the audience is like, wait, what? What did you say? And this is also where we discover that Mrs. Lovett really hates the beggar woman. Hold on to that information. Stew on it. We'll come back to it later. Next up, Mrs. Lovett, Toby. They're together. Mrs. Lovett has now kind of semi-adopted Toby because this Irish slash Italian dude is MIA. Toby's like, Mrs. Lovett, I want to be your assistant. Mrs. Lovett's like, yeah, you can be my assistant, but I have to tell you something real quick. I'm in love with Sweeney Todd. And Toby's like, "Mm, okay, that's a little weird. (laughs) Oh, so Anthony shows up to the pie shop. He finds Sweeney Todd. He's like, guess what, Sweeney Todd? I figured out where Joanna is. She's at some weird asylum that the judge put her in. And of course, we know in the 18th century, asylums is where they got wig hairs from when somebody needed a wig they would cut off the hair of the people in the asylum that's why people in asylums are bald anyway so basically Antony's like I found Joanna she's at a wig makers asylum and Sweeney Todd's like great got it perfect idea just spend like a week learning how to be a wig maker and then you can go to the asylum and take Joanna's hair and also take Joanna with it also, all within an hour. <laughs> oh, an hour. Fully an hour. It's been maybe two hours. Like, an hour and ten minutes at this point. Sweeney Todd writes a letter, and he's like, Dear Judge Turpin, I'm so sorry for that shit that that little boy pulled at my barber shop. But guess what? I know where Joanna is. I'm going to bring her to my pie shop slash barber shop. This is like the OG Pizza Hut Taco Bell. It's not. Please continue. You could climb up the stairs, get a little snip snip up top, then go downstairs, get a fucking Chalupa Supreme from Mrs. Lovett. 
Sweeney Todd's Barbershop and Mrs. Lovett's Pie Shop were the original Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Please continue. I'm going to quit. <laughs> you can't quit. We're Buzz Broadway, conceived and hosted by Amanda Harrington and Sam St. Jean. Continue. So while Anthony is taking his college exams to be a wig maker, Toby is like, Mrs. Lovett, I love you. And nobody's going to fuck with you. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then he's like, no, really. Like, I'm worried that Sweeney Todd wants to kill you. And she's like, Sweeney Todd's never killed anyone. He wouldn't hurt a fly. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like taking a cleaver to every Tom, Dick, or Harry that crosses his <laughs> shop. And she's like, e- you're being, you're overreacting. Go downstairs. Churn my meat. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> Guess what happens when Toby goes downstairs? The beetle shows up. And he's like, Mrs. Lovett, people are complaining that your shop smells like shit. It smells real bad. And she's like, Oi, what, what, whatever do you mean? And he's like, oh, wait, you have a piano in the pie shop? And she's like, yeah, we've got everything. We're a combination pizza hut and Taco Bell. And he's like, let me play some songs for you. And she's like, Okay. So then, hard yeah. cut. Toby's downstairs. Toby's like, I'm churning the meat. Here yeah. we go. He's like, wait a minute. Taking a little snacky snack while I'm churning the meat. <laughs> and there's a weird toenail in my meat. <clears throat> churn, churn, churn. Does some more churning. He finds a fucking human finger. Yeah. And he's like, that's gross. He be. freaks out. Hard cut. We're now at the asylum. Anthony has passed his LSATs. He's at the asylum. He's ready to be a wig maker. And he's like, Mr. Fogg, you have blonde hair. And she's like, I do. It's attached to this young lady named Joanna. And Anthony's like, my girlfriend's name is Joanna. And then Joanna's like, wait a minute, you're Anthony. And he's like, yeah, I'm Anthony. And then Mr. Fogg is like, what's going on here? And Anthony brought a gun to the asylum Joanna grabs it shoots Dr. Fogg and guess what all the asylum inmates escape from the asylum they're running around England meanwhile Mrs. Lovett is searching for Toby because Toby's the only one who knows that people are getting baked into these pies honey wait where'd he go where did who go Toby he freaked out and escaped okay okay okay. the dungeon it's not a dungeon it's the basement. It's a dungeon, okay? <laughs> so then, okay, hard cut. Sweeney Todd's like, the barber, the, the, the judge is coming. I have to barb him. Sweeney Todd goes up to his little barber shop, and guess who's there? The beggar woman. And she has some vague familiarity with the barber shop. She's like, why does this feel familiar? I don't know. I'm crazy. I'm a beggar woman. And Sweeney Todd's like, get out of here. What are you doing? And she won't leave. So guess what? He just straight up kills her. Ugh. The worst. He throws her down to the pie shop, to the to the basement of the pie shop, just as the judge comes in the door, and he's like, "Oh, oh, Judge Turpin, it's you. Let me barb you." Let and then and then the judge is like, "Well, wait a minute. You said that you were gonna bring my my ward here because she was sent to the asylum, and you said you were gonna bring her here to me, and she's not here." And he's like, "Let me get you ready to see her because I need to barb you." And then the judge is like, well, wait a minute. You're getting a razor a little too close to my neck. And Sweeney Todd's like, well, guess what? 
I'm not Sweeney Todd, I'm a barber named Benjamin Barker, and you stole my wife and my daughter, and then he kills them. And just as Sweeney Todd's like, all right, my razor can go away forever, I don't ever need to kill anyone ever again, <laughs> Mrs. Lovett's like, ah, uh, help, I'm screaming, somebody help me. Sweeney Todd runs down to the basement and sees the beggar woman that's, that Sweeney had just recently killed fighting with Mrs. Lovett. She's, the beggar woman's still alive, she didn't die. Oh. And Sweeney Todd's like, let's just drag this old beggar woman into the oven. Let's burn her to death. And he grabs the body and he pulls her across the floor. And then the light shines on her face. And guess fucking what? What? The beggar woman was Lucy the whole time. The beggar woman poisoned herself with arsenic, but she didn't die. She just became Whoa. crazy. And Sweeney Todd's like, did you know, Mrs. Lovett? that Lucy was this beggar woman the whole time and Miss Lovett's like okay I might have known but to be fair I didn't tell you because I'm in love with you and Sweeney Todd's like you're gross you make shit pies why would I want you as my wife I'm gonna kill you and throw you into this scalding hot 800 degree fire oven so Sweeney Todd's like holy shit I killed my own wife she was here the whole time I'll never see my daughter again. And guess who fucking creeps out of the shadows? Toby. He's the only one left. Toby has gone into complete shock. And he's like, somebody help me. The barber is killing everyone. What do I do? And then he finds Sweeney. He finds the barber. And he's like, guess what? And Sweeney Todd's like, what? And Toby's like, I'm going to kill you. And guess what Toby does? He slits Sweeney's throat. Who should find them but the authorities and Joanna and Antony and and poor little Toby is just repeating again and again make the pies make the pies or something like that I don't really know <laughs> I was so entranced so finally the entire ensemble comes out on stage and they say you need to pay attention to what just happened because guess what any one of us has the power to become Sweeney Todd. Any of us has the capability of taking the life away from another human being. So be careful and mind your temper. And also, don't ever become a barber. To our Buzz Broadway listeners, elections are always important, whether they be national, statewide, or local. But your participation in the 2020 presidential election is vital. Our nation's democracy has too long served only a privileged few, and now it is time to use our platform to call upon the leaders of our country to demand change. The best chance we have at electing future officials who will do their part to make us a better nation is to show up at the polls. That's where Vote 411 comes in. Launched by the League of Women Voters Education Fund, Vote411.org is a one-stop shop for election-related material. It provides nonpartisan information to the public with both general and state-specific information on all aspects of the election process. Just visit vote411.org, click on the menu, and type in your address. You'll then find helpful details like absentee ballot information, early voting options, ID requirements, and voter qualifications. A common gerrymandering tactic is confusing and contradictory voter information, but Vote411 makes it clear and concise to get to the polls. Please exercise your right to vote. It only serves us right when it serves us all.
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Will you shut up, man? <laughs> Will you shut up, man? <laughs> Your third two truths and a lie. We're talking about Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Oh, I know nothing about this. Who's the actor? Oh, Who's the actor? That's so sad. Christian, uh, Christian Bale. Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Two truths and a lie. One. He attended Phillips Exeter Academy in New Hampshire. He murders men, women, animals, and he killed one child. He works as a lawyer in New York City. I'm going to say the last one. I don't think he lives in New York. I think it's somewhere else, like L.A. or something. You're correct. (laughs) What city is it? It's New York City, but he's not a lawyer. He's a financial specialist on Wall Street. But you got technically the answer right, so I'll drink. Okay, 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 okay. But he did go to Phillips Exeter Academy in New Hampshire. Right? How niche. We know some people who went to Phillips Exeter. I couldn't name them. Well, we but have to remember that Patrick Bateman isn't real. We have to remember that we have to remember that Patrick Swayze is not real. I he wanted just... to do real serial killers, but I thought like that might be too grim. It's a little grim. I like the fictional thing because Sweeney Todd's yeah. not real. No, Sweeney Todd's fictional, so I thought it fit in. In case now, anyone's let's... wondering at home. Sweeney Todd is not a real person. You're okay, you're safe at barbershops. <laughs> He's for not now. actually sitting next to you. For now. So the initial Broadway production opened 30 in 1979. All these. The first national tour was launched in October of 1980. Sweeney Todd had its West End premiere in July of 1980 as well. Amazing. The second national tour was launched in February 1982. There was a 1989 revival on broadway at circle in the square ooh, which i think would be a wonderfully yes. haunting yes space to perform this show in. i also think any show could be performed at circle in the square because it's such a fantastic <laughs> i'm the same broadway. way i love i love those we've itself. talked about we've talked about this yep. before how many shows we would love to do in the round but come on sweeney todd it out of everything so chilling exactly to have him be anywhere in the in the house you know whatever so then uh, there's a London revival in June of 1993, just a month before I was born. They must have known you were coming. They were like, Sam's coming. We have to get Sweeney Todd back to London. <laughs> so finally, in July of 2004, John Doyle directs a London revival that then transfers to Broadway in November of 2005. We know this to be the third, the 
Mm-hmm. Second Broadway revival. This revival starred Michael Cerverus as Sweeney Todd, Patti Lapone as Mrs. Lovett, Manuel Feliciano as Toby, Lauren Molina as Joanna, and big fan, big Buzz Broadway fan, not but not not big Buzz Broadway fan. Sorry, Buzz Broadway is a big fan of him, Alex Geminani, son oh. of original conductor of Sweeney Todd, Paul Geminani. I'm crying. Alex Geminani. Alex Geminani played the Beatle in this production. And yeah, yeah, he did. So this, I don't know about you, Amanda, but this production of Sweeney Todd is how I discovered the show. Me, I was just gonna say that this is the album I listened to growing up. So my mom was a bus driver when I was a kid. She was a school bus driver. Hell yeah! And I remember somebody mentioning the title Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Sip. Sip. You have to say the whole title every time. You're annoying. Not every time. And I remember downloading this album off of iTunes and being like, wow, this show's so cool. Patti Lapone, it's weird. It's like you cool paid little orchestra. Small little, you know, whatever. I'm a little kid on a bus. And I think there are huge pluses and I think there are huge, huge pros and cons for this production. I think the concept was incredibly intelligent. John Doyle, we know to be an incredibly brilliant director. Obviously, what you really miss in this production is the orchestrations. The giant sound, the giant industrial cinematic sound of the original yeah. production is obviously not there in this production. But it fits. The show takes place mm-hmm. inside an insane asylum. All of the actors play their own instruments. So the mm-hmm. concept is sort of like uh, Marat Saad in that the cast of the show is actually a bunch of inmates that are putting on a production of a show. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so the show began, if you haven't seen any bootlegs of this production, the show began with uh, the actor who plays Toby secured in a straight jacket, and then the actor who plays Pirelli, who's actually a woman. Oh, she's great. Comes out and, and removes Toby from his straight jacket and hands him a violin, and he begins to play the opening of the show, and then the rest of the company joins in, and he sings the Ballad of Sweeney Todd, and the show mm. progresses from there. The show then ends with the Ballad of Sweeney Todd finishing and um, Toby being placed back in his straitjacket. Be cool if at the end it was like they were escaping. It was sort of like that. It's not really, but it was sort of like that. Okay, I'll redo it. Yeah, you should redo it. We should call them. We should call John Doyle. Hey, I know it's been 15 years, but I got an idea. <laughs> so then there was a Western revival in September of 2012 that starred Michael Ball, original cast member of Les Miserables, and somebody I'm a huge fan of, Imelda Staunton, who I think most people know from Harry Potter. Who's she playing Harry Potter? Imelda Staunton played um, yeah. Umbridge. Oh my God, I did not realize that was the same yes. person. Yes. <gasps> did we not talk about that in our Gypsy episode? No, we just talked about Imelda Staunton. Imelda Staunton is is Professor Umbridge. I did not make that connection. In She Who Should Not Be Named Harry Potter. What? Oh. J.K. Rowling being a dumbass. Um, Your question. Okay. Mr. St. Jean. Yes, Dowg, I am ready. Okay. Here's our final one before we get into our categories. Can't wait. Uh, So we're going to talk about Michael Myers, who is... We all know from Halloween. All right. Two truths and a lie. Here we go. He was referred to as the shadow in the first movie. 
He murdered his sister when he was 16. The mask he wears in the original is a Captain Kirk mask painted white. I feel like the Captain Kirk mask might be the thing. I just don't feel like it looks like Captain Kirk. Um, but the shadow also does not ring a bell to me at all. I feel... You. Joanne. <laughs> no. I think it's a Captain Kirk mask. Final answer. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, get drunk. It's the last fucking one. Um, he was referred to as the shape in the first movie. Also, you're a fucking masochist. Why did a John sadist. Carpenter? What did John Carpenter think? Was he like, hmm, William Shatner has a scary face. Let's make a mold of his face and paint it white. When I read that fact today, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't. I'm so mad at you. You love Star Trek, don't you? Yeah. Okay, that's right. I forget about that. All right, Sam, what's your favorite part? I need to. I need you to prepare yourself because I have a lot to How talk about here. How many? What? How many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, you know we have a time ten. limit. Ten. <gasps> You've got to rush through them. I'm not, none of them take that long to talk about. All right. All right. So it's a horror musical, which means that it needs to scare us. And I feel like the in, in, literally in the first 25 seconds, there is a jump scare, and it's the factory whistle. It's yeah. Terrifying. It's, it's terrifying. I once saw a production of Sweeney Todd with some people who I won't talk about. I won't say who they are. But I, I, saw, I saw a production, and somebody was, one of my friends was like, sorry, one of my coworkers was like, that whistle was just too loud. It took me out of the show. And I was like, you don't get it. You're an idiot. Wow. You're an idiot. Yeah. And if you know who you are and you're listening, you're an idiot. Do you think they listen? Nope. Anyway, uh, my second is the Sweeney reveal. When the opening number climaxes with Sweeney, 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 Sweeney. And Sweeney Todd is revealed to the audience. Yeah. Terrifying orchestra uh, from an orchestra standpoint. Incredible. Yeah. It's just amazing. Next, we're jumping all the way forward to my friend's. When Sweeney Todd touches his razors for the first time in years, oh. and my, and the orchestrations of my friends begin, and and Sondheim talks about this in in the Sondheim coaching videos. The minute that mm-hmm. his hand makes contact with that razor is when the music should start. Any production that does it differently is wrong. I want to watch Sondheim coach everything. Everything. I want to watch Last him coach a Red Sox game. I want to watch him coach. I want to watch him coach uh, uh, finishing the hat. I want to watch him cut, like, anything. It's just yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah. Next up is Greenfinch and Linnet Bird, the lyrics. They're just incredible. Mm. Larks never know when they're captive. Teach me to be more adaptive. And, of course, we get the <sighs> iconic Sondheim lyric, If I cannot fly, let me sing. Wow. Incredible. I'm feeling it right now. In fucking incredible. Next yeah. up, jumping all the way to Act 2. God, that's good. The Mrs. Lovett melody in God, that's good with the Toby counter melody. Eat them slow, cause that's you just saying Toby jumping Okay, here we go. Next, jumping to the Joanna Quintet, also towards the beginning of Act Two, specifically the Beggar Woman's melody. I want to give a specific shout out to Diana 
DiMarzo, I believe is her name, who plays the beggar woman in the 2005 production. She has one of those operatically trained voices that can sing high mezzo-soprano and also switch into an incredibly high musical theater belt. Oh, you're talking about, she is the original? Uh, Nope, the beggar woman in the 2005 production. Oh. Diana DiMarzo. When she sings City on Fire, City on Fire, she switches from a high mezzo-soprano spinny range and then very quickly changes into a high belt musical theater moment. Next up, and I'm sure you have a lot to say about this, The Letter. I don't. Oh, wow. Do you have have anything off the top of your head? Do you know about The Letter? I do. I know the song, but I'm not as familiar with it. Okay. I mean, from a a composition standpoint, it's incredible. I can't imagine being a vocalist and having to sing this with all of the other melodies going on and with all of the other parts being in such close dissonance to you it's it's wild next up is the parlor songs when mrs lovett is trying to distract the beetle from toby Mm -hmm. screaming in the dungeon next after that is city on fire which is right before the quote-unquote final sequence of sweeney Todd. the inmates have broken out from vogue's asylum they are running through the streets of london the factory whistle is going off the chain. It's it's so frightening to me. And then that seamlessly transitions into Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd searching for Toby. They have discovered yeah. that Toby is the only one who knows what really happens at the pie shop. They are searching for him and they are searching through the dungeons of the, you know, underneath the streets of London looking for Toby. And then finally, it's Mrs. Lovett's melody and the unveiling of her sadist plot through the whole show when Mrs. Lovett finally utters the line, yes I lied because I love you. I'd be twice the wife she was. I love you. Could that thing have cared for you like me? It is just like, it's a twist that comes at like the final moment of the show. It's just the show is written, obviously like an incredible musical, but also written like a fascinating horror movie. Yes. And the twists just keep coming. The beggar woman is Lucy. You know what, what I mean? Like Sweeney Todd finally Sweeney Todd finally no. gets Joanna but throws her away. You know what I mean? She's in the barber shop and he thinks she's a boy. Yep. So he's like, get the fuck out of here, I'm gonna kill you. Yep. It just keeps coming. The last I say this in in a little note right here. Sweeney Todd may very well have the best final fifteen minutes of a musical ever written. A, a lot. There it is, is like a horror movie so where all those twists are happening. Last, yes. Yeah. It's wild. Okay, I'm finally done talking about my favorite moments. I know there's a lot. Please tell me about yours. I'm. I loved all those, but all of mine are different. I only have really. Three. Yes. Okay. Lay them on me. I'm ready. Very. So, um, one of my favorite parts is the opening, just the opening song and the Sweeney Todd, um, motif. Just because it's based on Dies Irae, the original Gregorian chant. Dies Irae, Ila. And like the, that da, da, sequence da, 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 of da, da. notes. I yeah. have no clue. Yeah. Like, Dies Irae, Dies Ila. Yeah. Like that? Like from Rent? Yeah. Kind of. Not actually that's, from Rent, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what it's based on is, yep. And like, oh my God. So I found these videos. It's a guy... It's 20 different YouTube videos, and he analyzes the whole score. And I got lost in the videos because he talks about – and, like, Sondheim talks about it in interviews. He's, like, 
writing song, writing Sweeney Todd was so easy because I just took one melody and then I inverted it and then it was a completely different song. He's like, I just turned the notes upside down and it was a new song. He's just so smart. Okay, so that's my number one. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't say this. The Ballad of Sweeney Todd Part 3, the tenor trio. Uh, fill me in more. Going into Kiss Me. So it's right after Pirelli's death. And it's three tenors just singing the lift your razor. Oh, yeah, and one's like a... so high, right? Yes, it's a gorgeous trio. That one? Yeah, we need to take like three sips because we just sang a bunch. We did sing a lot. My third one is a little surprising to me. Okay. Is Judges Joanna Mea Culpa. Wow. I know. This part of the show is very off putting to me, and I think it's okay. If it is struck sometimes. I, at first, it's very off-putting, I agree. Like, when you're listening to it, but I think Well, we know, just just to talk about out in the open and not be coy at all, you know that he's masturbating. I didn't know that. So he's masturbating for this number. (laughs) Um, That's, yeah, he's, like, masturbating about Joanna. Right, okay. Okay. Uh, That that makes it even more (laughs) real for me. Because I've just been doing so much research on real serial yes, killers. Yes, yes. And that's exactly, they're, they're like sadistic sexual fantasies. And that's what the judge is. And I thought Sondheim and Hugh Wheeler nailed that song. Just like the creepy, and then it's like, deliver me. Because he's so stressed out. He's like, what is my brain doing? It's just so on par, mm-hmm. I think. Of what would be going through that man's mind. So I saw the show when I was a t- teenager, and I can't remember if I if I if I saw this in the bootleg of the two thousand five production, or if I if this was from the production that I saw in high school. But it's I feel like the, this number is done a lot with a belt, where he has like a belt folded in half, yes. and he's hitting himself over the back with the belt, sort of, yeah, almost like Jesus being whipped the forty lashes. I wonder how many okay. I wonder how many lashes he gives himself. <laughs> We should count them one day and wow. see if it's close to 40, I wonder. It's definitely not. He doesn't do it that much. He really doesn't. Because he only does it on the, deliver me. Right. Yeah, he does that, though, in the um, most recent concert. Yes. Yeah. It's really I don't it's know. really gross and horrifying, this number. It's so gross and horrifying, and it's one of those songs that it's not... Ugh, I love Sweeney Todd because I also did a bunch of analysis on Mrs. Lovett today because all of these characters are so complex and... And if you watch, if you follow us on Instagram, by the time this episode comes out, you'll have seen our video of A Little Priest. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully. Who knows, really? Want to go to our Edwina Spoonapple Acting Award? Let's do it, Amanda. I'm ready. You want to go first? Sure. Lay it on me. Who wins the award for you? I'm very surprised by mine, too, but... Mine goes to Angela Lansbury. Is yours too? Mine also goes to Angela Lansbury. Yeah! Did you watch the original production at all on YouTube? This I week? watched clips, but all I needed to do was listen to the cast recording. And I was set. I was like, she embodies this role. It's just, I think for me, 
the thing that really seals the deal with Angela is that she plays the comedy. So every single scene, she's like, here's a joke, here's a joke, here's a joke. And then she is responsible for the ultimate twist at the end that Nellie Lovett knew the whole time that Lucy was right outside the door and she didn't say anything. I texted this to one of our friends earlier this week. Mrs. Lovett comes off as the most sane character in the show. The least obs- the least obsessed, I'll say. Because the show's ultimately ultimately about obsession. She seems very obsessed to me. With what? With Sweeney. See, I don't agree. I think we only mm. think that because we know that at the end she unveils that she's in love with him. I was gonna say by the sea, but also I'm Somebody tried to like... say that Antony is the least crazy character in the show, but he is obsessed with Joanna. Yeah. He meets her one day. It's like a Marius Cosette thing. He meets her one day and she's, he's over, head over heels for her. I think that she seems like the least crazy character in the show, even though she's the most outwardly like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then she gets the biggest twist at the end. What about Toby? Toby is the one that everyone thinks is crazy, but he's the one telling the truth. I don't think he's crazy at all. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, he's, I mean, I think citizens, like, citizens of London would think that he's, like, quote, unquote, mad because he is, uh, at least in the eyes of the original production, he has a disability. Oh. (laughs) There are some productions that play Toby as a young, innocent boy, and there are some productions that play Toby as having a disability. I like the productions where they cast 40-year-olds as Toby. What what productions are those? None. I just feel like I've watched a lot of... They just cast older than I anticipate. They do. And it's because they're because some productions have him having a disability and some productions just have him as it's an innocent a, young boy. And it's a very dark character. Very it's, dark. Anyways, Angela Lansbury, she got it. Num- she, uh, Angela, we're going to reach out to you soon with your plaque. I feel like if anybody would appreciate it, it would be her. Angela, if you're listening, tale as old as time, you won the, you won the Edwina Smoot Acting Award. Do you want to tell me who wins your Climb Every Mountain Award? Climb Every Mountain this week goes to Sondheim's Orchestrations. Amanda, who won your Climb Every Mountain Award this week? Sarah Travis. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Who reconstructed the original arrangements to suit the 10-person cast and orchestra. Wild. She did it. Okay, tell me more about um, the orchestrations, though. Why did you give them the award? It's not a person, so I don't really know who you're going to give this award to. But <laughs> Sondheim. Sondheim didn't orchestrate it. He kind of did. Nope. Composers always kind of orchestrate their own shows. No, they compose. Yeah, and then somebody is like, what do you want this to sound like? And the composer's like... <laughs> you guys, wish you guys could see Sam. He just gave me a look, and that's all that I needed to know, apparently. And Lillian, I feel like I could communicate with you with only a look. And that's, I guess, how Sondheim <laughs> works with his orchestrators. Um, okay, listen. Hold on. My Climb Every Mountain Award this week goes to Jonathan Tunick, who did the original orchestrations for Sondheim's oh. score. You're a little bitch. They are so massive. They're so cinematic. They're so horrifying. They really put you in the mood of these show. Do you know what I mean? I do. I really like watching a ton of Sondheim interviews, and he's like, I just wanted to scare the audience. Literally. And Jonathan <laughs> Tunick perfectly... Perfectly, perfectly encapsulates <laughs> the feelings from Stephen. Stephen. 
Stephen, why are you writing scary musicals, Stephen? Have you watched the TikTok? We got COVID. COVID. Yes. COVID. David. COVID. I can't. I'm two episodes away from the finale. I haven't finished it yet. Finish it. I know. All right, are we All right let's move on to our dream roles in this production. Amanda, who do you want to play? Pirelli? <laughs> Listen, Donalyn <laughs> Chapman or whatever her name was who was in The Revival, I thought was great. In The Revival. She was not as good as Christian Borrell, but if I was to be in the show, I mean, I would love to be in the Greek chorus. Okay. But also I think great. I would do, I would love to play the beggar woman. I could also see you doing that. I think you'd be great. I also yeah. think I'd be great. As beggar woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd be great. No, secretly, I mean, I think we all know that I'll probably play Pirelli at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think I could maybe get, get away with playing the Beatle. 100%. In terms of, like, meat and potatoes, I'd really love to play Sweeney, obviously, but that's just from an acting standpoint. And I also would just love to play Mrs. Lovett. I think that I possess the comedic dramatic... Oh, 100%. I think I, I, think I possess the comedic dramatic chops to do both of those things. Could you sing it? Um, Maybe, like, down, like, a third. I feel like every production I listen to, they're all... The songs are in different keys. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, Patty Especially? can sing so much higher than, than Emma. Angela. Oh. Yeah. And, and Toby, depending on who they cast. The original production, he's literally like, But in time, <laughs> nothing can harm you. <laughs> and then Neil Patrick Take Harris was almost... Oh, sorry. Neil Patrick Harris was almost... Yeah, he was almost 30. He was like, But in time... <laughs> How he played it for like I three years in a row. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. It has been a treat to talk about this meaty, get it, meaty show. With I you. wish we had more time. Like, we really could have talked about so much more. We really could have. Mrs. Lovett comes out and she goes, In the lee of a picturesque farm lies a small cow made <laughs> of human meat. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Check us out. Sam's going to spit up everywhere. (laughs) Okay. I'm constantly spitting up. If you're also interested in spitting up, please DM us at (laughs) at BuzzBroadwayPodcast. (laughs) Really, though, we're so happy to have you all. Happy spoopy ween. Hiya. We'll see you next week on Halloween. (laughs) What was that sound you made? How, 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 I'll see you next week on Halloween. <laughs> listen to sound. That was, was my sound. speaking voice. No, you're going to listen it. You're going to listen back and go, it's <laughs> I promise I you. I didn't mean to. You okay. made a weird sound. Right, bye. everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information on how to support our podcast, visit bpn.fm slash buzzbroadway or on Instagram at buzzbroadwaypodcast. Buzz Broadway is conceived and hosted by Amanda Harrington and Sam St. Jean with editing by Amanda Harrington. Original music by Carl Pariso with arrangements by Patrick Doro. This is a Broadway Podcast Network production. As always, thank you to our sponsors, to BPN, and to our listeners. See you next time. Buzz Broadway! Broadway. So just press play today. From the top, pick a drop.
bring a bucket and mop for this water's pussy. Gonna give you a new god for this water's pussy. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.